Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This is a Dark Illumination Report Extra with RJ Womack. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Womack, a.k.a. Brother Nero, and this is the Dark Illumination Podcast, where we try to help our fellow worshipers of Satan develop a more devotional attitude towards their practices. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my opinions about demonolatry. Somebody asked me that question in the comments yesterday, and so I decided to do a short little podcast about it. But before I get into that, I'm going to uh, let you know a few things. You know, uh, on an episode not too long ago, I put in a little reference section in the middle of the podcast with my little Viking theme song, and I found that it was too distracting to the podcast, so instead of putting it in the midst of the podcast, if I have any reference material or any book recommendations for you, um, I'm going to put them at the end as end notes, and that little Viking sound and Nero's notes update will come up before the closing credits if you're interested. If you don't hear anything or you don't hear the music, then you know there's nothing there. Um, there's no end notes, but I just felt like it was better to put it in at the end of the podcast rather than in the middle of it because I thought it was too distracting. I thought it was going to be helpful. And maybe if I did like a little 30 second update in between segments or something, it would help be helpful. But I tend to ramble on a bit. So uh, when I talk about the research and all that stuff, so I'm going to put it at the end. The other thing I wanted to point out to you is. I always said that I would be transparent with my audience, and I've always said that I believe that the people's dedication to Satanism is superficial. Like a lot of people, it's more about being part of the subculture. It's more about being black metal, and it's more about, you know, wearing black metal t-shirts and corpse paint and stuff like that. And I think I have proof of that, because since I said I was going to stop using the term Satanism, Um, And since I said I was going to stop using terms like left-hand path, right-hand path, um, black magic, white magic, that sort of thing, and go to more pre-Christian techniques for worshiping Satan, my audience has dropped more than 50% for this podcast. On a typical podcast, I would get about 800 um, downloads a month for a podcast. Um, Now my audience has dropped to about 300 downloads. So my audience has dropped significantly and the number of downloads I get has dropped significantly simply because I am no longer using the term Satanism and because I am no longer using the term right hand, left hand path or black or white magic. So it just kind of proves my point that this belief or this claim to believe in Satanism is very superficial. It's more about being a black metal fan. It's more about corpse paint. It's more about horror movie imagery than it is about any serious devotion to witchcraft or Satanism or any kind of spiritual practice. And um, 
I'm very happy that I still have the audience I do have, and I appreciate those of you who support me. But I just wanted to tell you that because I always told you I would be transparent about this podcast. And I just wanted to share that with you because I think it illustrates my point quite dramatically that it is about something other than Satanism because my beliefs, in essence, haven't changed at all. Um, I still believe in Satan as as the supreme god of my pantheon. I still believe that every demon is a god in and of themselves or a goddess, and they deserve worship and respect as an individual entity. The only thing that's changed is the way that I choose to approach the way I worship Satan or the way I honor Satan. And um, so to have that much of an audience drop off due to the fact that I've chosen to drop the label of Satanism, that you shouldn't have that kind of drop off, but it just proves the point that it's more about the name and more about the image and more about the subculture than it is about the worship. So I just wanted to share that with you so that you would know how, how fake a lot of this devotion to Satan really is. And to prove to you that I'm not just making stuff up. Anyway, let's get into the main topic of the podcast now and, and talk a little bit about demonolatry and my opinions about it. And I'm sure that many of you probably won't like some of the things I have to say, but I'm going to tell it like it is anyway, because that's my way of doing things. And I hope you'll find it helpful. Anyway, let's get into it. Generally speaking, I find that most demonolaters seem to be genuine in their dedication to the demons, and they seem to be very respectful of the demons. So as a general rule, I don't have much of a problem with demonolaters outside of the fact that they seem to relegate Satan to an impersonal god or a force of nature or a, a symbol of spirit, and they don't worship him as the deity I personally know him to be. Now, that's neither a bad nor good thing necessarily. It's just different from my own personal worldview, and I find it a little bit disrespectful to Satan to relegate him to an impersonal deity. Now, there may be other traditions of demonolatry that I'm not aware of that do venerate Satan in a more traditional way, but I'm speaking primarily of the S. Conley tradition because it's the only one that I'm really familiar with. If there are other traditions, I'm not really familiar with them because I don't really follow demonolatry. As a general rule, like I said, I think most demonolaters are genuine. I think they have a great deal of reverence and respect for the demons, and I have no issue with them. S. Conley, on the other hand, is a whole different issue. I do not believe that her tradition, I do not believe that um, it comes from a family line. I do not believe Richard Ducante exists, and I do not believe her um, hierarchy comes from a genuine source. I believe she made it up. I believe she made up the story about Richard Ducante and the family diaries, and I think she did it to sell books and to make a name for herself and to break into the occult community. And the reason that that upsets me is not because she made up her own tradition. If I thought there was something wrong with making up your own tradition or starting a new tradition, I wouldn't be doing it myself. But she's fabricated this whole story about Ducante hierarchy and the Ducante family and all this stuff. And to my knowledge, she has never produced any information to verify her claims. Now, admittedly, I haven't looked into Stephanie Conley and her tradition in several years. So if she's 
produced any diaries or any material to substantiate her claims, I'm not aware of it. So if she has, please let me know if I'm wrong on this, because I want to make this clear. My point in bringing this up is not to shit stir. It's not to start schism or drama. It's simply to point out the fact that there are many authors in the occult community that go out of their way to create these elaborate stories about their traditions or to try and connect their traditions with historical witchcraft or historical Satanism. And it's just simply not true. And what makes me angry about people like S. Conley in particular is that there's no reason for her to lie about it. There's no reason for her to misrepresent the facts. She could easily say, I've created this tradition. This is what I felt connected with me and I felt, you know, was kind of true to my nature. And if you like what I believe and you like what I'm doing, then please feel free to follow it and, and carry on a tradition in your own family. There was no reason to create a fabricated story. And there's no reason for her to do some of the other things that she's done. And the reason I don't trust S. Conley in particular is because she lies in her own books. She makes claims that are that are blatantly false, that are not historically accurate, and I, I believe she knows they're not accurate. So I have a problem with her. Because if you can't trust her on the small things, then how can you trust her about the origins of her tradition? One of the claims that she makes is that demonolatry was responsible for um, using meditation beads and is the reason that we have Catholic rosaries. This is something that um, she talks about, and I don't remember her exact wording, but she talks about it in her book, The Complete Book of Demonolatry. And people go around spreading this lie and saying that demonolatry is the ones that came up with meditation beads and that Catholics got it from them, and that's just simply not true. The origins of the beads, the meditation beads, come from um, Buddhism, and they come from Hinduism, and the Catholics took the meditation beads that the Tibetan Buddhist in particular used, and they created the rosary from, from Buddhist meditation beads. And demonolatry had nothing to do with that whatsoever, and I'm almost positive that S. Conley knows that. I mean, I'm because she's not a stupid woman, you know? She's a very smart woman, and she knows that what she said is not true. She also makes claims that demonolatry is responsible for the witch's measure or the witch's cord, and that's not true. There is evidence of knotted cords and witch's measures being used in medieval times, and it's also been used in Gardnerian witchcraft and Wicca. And so this idea that demonolatry or her tradition of demonolatry is responsible for the witch's measure or the knotted cord is another falsehood that people go around spreading because of her writings. And I have issues with that. Like I said, a lot of the misrepresentations that people make, whether it's S. Conley or you know, Michael Forge's generalizations that Luciferians do this and Luciferians do that and him talking about his tradition as if he speaks for all Luciferians, my issue with them is not that they believe certain things or that they choose to practice or worship Satan in a certain way or even that Michael Ford is an atheist. My problem is that they misrepresent facts and they misrepresent history and they misrepresent their importance within the occult community and they misrepresent their 
tradition's historical background and the origins of their traditions in order to sell more books. I don't know them personally, and you know, I don't know them. They might be decent people for all I know. Um, this is not a personal attack. It's it's a criticism of their religious tactics, their, their personal way of handling their message. I just want to make that clear. I'm just trying to help people who might otherwise be misled into believing things that are not true uh, and trying to keep them from being um, manipulated by people that are not doing the right things. And, and I will say this just as a way to close this uh, podcast off. As I've said many times before, when you do research into any topic, especially religion and especially occultism, read a wide variety of books. Read a wide variety of topics and read books from different authors and different sources. Verify the information that you're being given to make sure that it is true. Another thing I just want to say before I close this off is that you have to realize that 20 years ago, books were being published by traditional publishers, and those traditional publishers required that their books went through a professional editing process. And part of that professional editing process, in many cases, was a fact-checking process. Now, I think it's estimated by the by the uh, Association of Independent Authors, or whatever the name of the organization is, I keep forgetting the exact name, that I think almost 60% of all books being published this year alone were independently published. So that means that many of these authors do not go through a an editorial process. They do not go through a fact-checking process because they don't want to pay for the money to have somebody edit their books professionally, and they don't want to pay the money to have somebody go through and research and fact-check their process or their facts. So you have to understand that there's no longer any gatekeeper making sure that these authors keep to historical facts and make sure that their information is accurate. So now it's your responsibility to make sure that you research for yourself. And I know I said this in the last episode or the last couple episodes, but I'm going to keep emphasizing this to all you young occultists out there that you need to be responsible for your own education and your own study. And you need to understand that there is no one fact-checking these independent authors. It is all up to them how much fact-checking they do. It is all up to them how much editing they do. So when you spend nine, 10, $15 on a book, there's no guarantee that you're getting a good quality product because most people publish under their own imprint and their standards are based on what they personally want to invest in. And I can tell you that editing is not cheap. Professional editing is extremely expensive. And most independent authors that publish books on occultism do not spend $1,000 on a professional editor before they release their books. I can tell you that. So again, just be careful. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just trying to protect my audience and help my fellow Satanists. And I hope you guys take it the way I intend it to be. It's meant to be a way of protecting young Satanist and young occultist and young diabolist. It's not meant to be an insult to anyone or anyone's tradition. Okay, that's it for today, guys. Thanks. Hey everybody, here's a Nero's note for you. The mola beads or meditation garland are used in Japa meditation 
or mantra meditation, and they have their origins in Hinduism. Then they made their way to China and were used in Buddhism, and eventually they made their way to Europe in the Middle Ages and were picked up and were the basis for the Catholic Rosary. They all have mola necklaces, have 108 beads, which has a significance in the Vedic traditions and in other traditions. They're used in Buddhism, Hinduism, and in Islam and Catholicism. It's estimated that the beads have been in use for more than 3,000 years, and coincidentally enough, there was no mention of them being used in demonolatry. Thank you for listening to the Dark Illumination Report podcast. For the latest news headlines, show information, and more, go to rjwomack.com. That's rjwomack.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.